Just, I don't know. I don't care. Just okay. do whatever you want to do. Because okay. I'm not prepared. This is definitely an impromptu. So I'm not prepared for anything. So just okay. go for whatever you had in your mind. Okay. So I just got done watching Festa Attic. I don't know if that's like the official name. But the Attic video. <laughs> I think it's the Bankton, Bankton Attic. <laughs> okay, Bankton Attic. Um, I keep wanting to say addict, like, but that's not what that was. <laughs> Attic. Um, and, you know, it just got me all sentimental, and I was thinking we could record an episode, and this could be semi-bonus, semi-just like a regular episode. So for those of you out there who don't know what, like, Festa really is or what this video is, it's like basically – Every year they kind of record this like deeper sit down talk where they answer questions that are of like a deeper nature and just kind of just like, you know, reflect, reminisce, share, open up and everything. And um, I actually was doing my own reminiscing because today is BTS birthday day, meaning BTS was formed six years ago. So it's their anniversary of their debut. And it's a special day. We're all like so thankful on this day to just look back and think about them being together. But this video is also special to me because last year when Molly and I became ARMY, Molly pretty much instantaneously, we were watching videos and Molly over the weekend and then Molly went home. And about a, about a day or so after that, she's like, listen, I watched this really long video and I really got to know the guys and you need to watch this video. And I didn't know at the time, but it was their festive video dinner party from back then. And she kept sending me this video and it was 45 minutes long. And I was like, I don't want to watch a video this long. And I don't want to read subtitles. How do I not remember this? You don't remember this? So, like, yeah, this was, like, one of the first things you suggested to no. me that we didn't watch, like, together. Because, you know, obviously I that... I don't remember this at all. Oh, okay. This so is amazing. Me... Okay, keep going. So, I do, because it was, like, a pivotal moment for me and my arminess. So, you were like, yeah, watch this video. Just, like, I feel like I know them so much better. And I'm like, blah, blah. I don't care. Like, <laughs> and then... So finally, you kept you kept saying I needed to watch it. So I was finally like, okay, I'm going to watch this. Fine, fine. Um, I'll read some subtitles. And then I watched it, and I, like, I think that was a turning point for me when I feel like that was when I became, like, ARMY. Not just, like, a fan that really liked them, but, like, ARMY. Like, I feel like I was like, oh, their personalities and the people they are. And, like, I felt like I got, like to see who they are. And I didn't really get that before then. And I think that's actually when my sugar bias was born. I think from that, I just liked the way that he was with everyone. And he was like mysterious and he wasn't like, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember him saying like, I love you to Jungkook and to V, but everybody else didn't like know him. And like, I don't know. It was just like a very important mom. And um, as a moment. <laughs> so because of that, I thought that we could discuss, since that video, this year's version just came out, I thought we could kind of discuss some of our reactions because some of the information they shared was really interesting. And then I also thought we could go through question by question as we discuss the reactions and also include some stuff about ourselves because 
Why not? <laughs> I remember watching that video fairly soon after because I know I got V Live like right away. Um, and I just went through and started watching all of their all of their videos and like looking into them a little more. And that's actually what I wanted to know. Like I was more interested in where their personalities because we had watched so many music videos. We had watched all these performances. Um, I don't remember sending it to you and like hounding you to watch it, um, which it, that does sound like me though, just to be like, Hey, you need to watch this video now. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't think you've ever told me that, that that was really like when you started seeing more of their personalities and when Yungi formed as your bias. But I, I really like watching all those videos and I've gone back and I was looking on my V live account the other day and it tells you like how many view, like how many things you've watched. I've watched like over a thousand videos or like a thousand oh watches. God. So I've watched like a thousand things at least a thousand times. Um, some of them <laughs> I've definitely watched multiple times. And I was actually watching old run BTS episodes l- late last night up until 3 a.m. I knew this was coming out. And so then I like, I don't know, I just got really nostalgic. And so it was really great. Some of the questions that were asked of them today, because um, I was just like thinking about not really their debut, but like when they were younger and when, you know, when they did first debut and how they've changed. And um, even though we weren't around for that, I like watching videos and we're able to like still see that even though we weren't actually like there to experience it. But yeah, so um, you kind of threw this on me. So what um, what question do you want to ask first? (laughs) Okay, so um, when I was watching it, some of the first questions, like I think the first like five questions were kind of like lighter things and about their childhood. So I'm just going to go through it. The first question was, did you ever have your own hideout? And um, I actually, so they were all talking different things and it was really funny, like under a slide, I think is what RM said. Suga said like he had like this like stream area by the mountains and um all of them had a little different thing I don't know that I ever really had like a real hideout did you I definitely like built forts and stuff like blanket forts with my brother in the living room but that was something fun we would do on occasion but I didn't have like a specific spot I don't think that I ever went to um the house that my parents live in now we moved into when I was in the fourth grade I think and we have like three acres and there's a bunch of woods and there's a pond and I did used to go like wandering through the woods and I would just go like into the woods and sit on trees I guess everywhere that I've lived I've pretty much found like woods or nature or something to like be able to escape and get out of the house or get away from things and go and sit but I never had like an actual specific hideout that's so funny because I feel like I'm like the opposite. You're like, I'm in the woods. I was like hiding in like 
places and corners in the house. <laughs> like I would hang out like in the bathtub. I would hang out in the closet. I really liked hanging out in like the bottom of the closet. Like my mom had like her shoes there and I liked hanging out there. It was not comfortable. I don't really know. Weird child, but. <laughs> so the second question is, what did you do hanging out with friends as a kid? And I don't even remember what they said. I think they were saying they played like sword fights or I, do you remember what they said for this? Well, it was funny because Hobie started it off and he was like, basically like he played by himself and like when he was studying or something he would use um a pencil as a sword and like fight his other hand like use his fingers and as swords or he would use a pen or pencil as a sword and like fight himself like just to keep himself occupied and then all the other guys were like oh, i did that too and then they just like all started talking about that and none of them actually ever said that they did anything with other people they were just like talking about how they used to entertain themselves, which I thought was really funny. When we were growing up, I feel like parents, like, pushed their kids out the door. We're like, go outside, play outside. We don't want you in the house. Um, Go run around the neighborhood. There wasn't a fear of, I don't know, like, kids getting snatched and, you know, neighborhoods not being safe and whatever. So, we were always outside. We were riding our um, electric, our electric cars, our like little big wheels and um, doing stuff like that, playing out in the woods, like going to streams. I remember in junior high going to one of my friend's house and a lot of my friends lived in this one neighborhood and we would meet up. There were there was this stream or pond, or I think it was a stream in the woods, of course. And we would go down there and have mud fights. We would just, it was like disgusting. It was this like gross, nasty way. <laughs> and we would just be like, whenever it would rain, like the next day, we're like, yep, we're going to have a mud fight. And we would all meet up and like we'd talk about it at school. And like that day, we would leave, go home, go home with your friend. It's like, you didn't even have to tell your parents. You would call them when you got to your friend's house. Like, hey, I'm at so-and-so's house today. And then we would have mud fights. And so we were like, we were always outside. And that's definitely a far cry from me now when I don't do anything. So I'm like, oh, it's too hot outside. There's bugs. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm. that's one thing I'm looking forward to for Korea, though, is um, to get outdoors a little bit more and to have some some fun things to do outside because I was a very outdoorsy child I was like not outdoorsy in the like sense of like woods trees or anything like that but I did like playing outside even though it was more of like concrete and everything but I would always be running around for fun <laughs> not happening now. right um and you know, your memories actually brought up some memories I had forgotten. And while we didn't have mud fights, we would make mud pies. Like, we didn't eat them, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, that was so weird. Like, But it seemed like so normal when you're a kid. You're like, oh, there's mud outside. Let's make a mud pie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think we even used, like, those, like, disposable, like, pie tins and stuff. It, so weird. But kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm just going to move on to the next question. Um, this one I kind of remember more with their response, but the question was, what's the most memorable compliment you heard as a kid? And this is when Jim and said that he got that he was cute. <laughs> so much has changed. <laughs> Right. I guarantee you no one tells Jim and he's cute anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I don't really remember compliments. Like that wasn't a thing. I feel like a lot of people nowadays, like with social media are looking and fishing for compliments all the time and looking for people to tell them like that they're cute or accomplished or smart or whatever. And I don't I can't really think of anything like specific unless it was maybe a teacher telling me that like my writing was really good because I, I love to read and write. Um, and when I really started like doing creative writing stuff, it, I'm I'm sure there was one teacher at least that told me that my writing was good. Hopefully, you know, just maybe something like that. A lot of things to do with school because I like I really cared about my grades and doing, you know, doing well in school when I was growing up. So I think I was, I feel like I'm remembering uh, not so great compliments, like uh, <laughs> you're a know-it-all and you talk too much, um, <laughs> but which were true. Um, but I think I remember being told, like I was told I was smart. So it was just in, in general, it wasn't like, Oh, you're specifically at this, but it's like, Oh, you're really smart, you know, mm-hmm. which Maybe isn't the best compliment to tell a kid because, like, I don't really feel the smartest anymore, <laughs> even though I still somewhat associate with Ravenclaw House. But I'm like a lazy smart. Um. Anyway, um, and then I think I was told, like, when I was little, I think I was told that I, like, was just eloquent, you know. Um. So, again, I just like to talk a lot, I guess. You, you definitely are. Um, I will, spoiler, um, <laughs> there's a lot of people that I love all of you listeners, but sometimes they all tell me how much they love your voice. And I'm like, what about me? No one likes my voice. Everyone loves your voice. And you are very eloquent and you speak very well. Like, that's one thing I want to work on with this podcast is being a better speaker because um, I can write very well and very eloquently, but it doesn't come out that way when I open my mouth. I disagree. <laughs> I love your voice. And also it's weird for me to hear that because when I was growing up, I sounded like Mickey Mouse. My <laughs> voice was so high and I like watch home videos from back then. And I'm like, my voice I was like, hi, I'm Erica. <laughs> Hobie would have loved you. <laughs> Hi, BTS. Love you guys. <laughs> well, I sound like a dude, so we're the complete opposite. I have like the deepest voice it's... for a five foot two girl that I've ever heard. So. <laughs> it's sexy, raspy. People love that, yes. man. You know? Yeah, it's that like I've been smoking for 30 years. Voice. I'm only 32 years old. So I've been smoking since I was two. Um, I'm going to move on to the next question. Okay. The next question is, is, is there any food that makes you nostalgic? 
when they started talking about this one, like I started thinking of like all the candy and stuff that we had as kids growing up that you don't mm-hmm. really see anymore. Um, did you ever have zebra gum? No. What's that? You never had the zebra gum? Oh my gosh. There were so zebra many zebra cakes flavors. from Little Debbie. Sorry. Oh, I love zebra cakes. I still eat zebra cakes. Uh, <laughs> no, zebra gum was, um, it had like, they were striped. All the, the gum was striped and there were a bunch of different flavors. Um, and then I'm pretty sure the, like the wrapper had like tattoos on it and you would lick it and like stick it on your arm. That was really fun. I loved zebra gum. Um, I'm trying to remember like. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, do you remember like the bubble gum by the foot, I think? Or like oh, yeah. bubble gum yeah. tape? Bubble gum tape. I or still see that occasionally. I would get way too much gum. That's the only problem with that type of gum. Like I would like be like, oh, oh more, more. A whole roll in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And then you try to chew it and then you it'd all be a waste because you <laughs> use it all at once. <laughs> there wasn't, I don't know, like. There's nothing that I really ate as a kid, like, that I don't eat anymore that really makes me nostalgic is, I mean, we're really not that old. So there's lots of, most, like, food is still around. And, you know, I still eat, like, mac and cheese and hot dogs and things like little kids eating corn dogs and stuff like that. Not all the time, but on occasion. Um <laughs> But mainly, like, I guess, like, candy. I don't eat a lot of candy anymore. And I guess when you're a kid, you're, like, when you go trick-or-treating or stuff like that, there's specific things that you want to get as candy. And, like, you know, you don't do that stuff anymore. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd say one thing that makes me nostalgic is, like, or just thinking about it, is, like, Capri Suns, the drink. Ooh. And That reminds Really bad college experiences, those. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's move on. <laughs> I'm ruining this. <laughs> no, it's fine. So the next question was most memorable childhood present. And what I remember about the guys saying about this was like, it was really funny. They were talking about Christmas and Santa Claus and how they found out there was no Santa Claus. And like, this was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. Which is really funny because my dad is Santa Claus. So (laughs) one of these days I want to meet them and to have my dad there and just have him like in his Santa suit walk in and then be like, what the heck is going on? I thought it was really funny. Jen's answer was one of my favorites. And this actually reminded me or not reminded me. This actually made me want to meet their families even more because they all seem very much like their fathers anyway, like how they're describing these experiences. Um, Jungkook said his dad, had like a Santa mask and like it rubbed it that he could feel the beard on his face. And he was like, basically like playing a practical joke on him. And like, we know Jungkook loves to play jokes. And then Jin said, as soon as he could understand words, his dad said, there's no Santa. We're the ones that buy you the presents. You need to be nice to us. And I'm like, that is so like, I feel like that's Jin. Like he's just so straightforward. And that's something like kids, kids. like the second they can form a word, he's going to be like, look, I'm the one that buys you all these presents. So don't get any ideas in your head. 
you need to love your family and suck up to me because I'm the one buying these presents. I just thought that was so funny. I love to hear stories of them as kids because it just makes you feel like they're even more human, even though we know they are and we know they're real people, whatever. But like, we don't get to know a lot of artists like this and get to hear a lot of their backgrounds and things that they did as kids. And um, so it's really fun to get to hear a lot of this stuff. Um, But what about you? Is there anything that like stuck out to you as a big present? Well, there's a couple. (laughs) Um, So one of my, I got an American girl doll, um, Addie, when I was like eight or something, I really enjoyed like, you did too? Yeah. Those dolls were expensive. At least like nowadays, I guess it's not because like people pay a lot of money for things but at least at that time like getting a doll that cost like a hundred and something dollars was uh, a big deal <laughs> yeah especially when you're like eight years old <laughs> yeah like so but I begged for it I like loved like the books I loved getting the catalogs in the mail like every like quarter or whatever they sent mm-hmm. them out and I was even a member of their historical society <laughs> really I never was I got all the books and read all the books and stuff but I was never I missed out on that yeah I did I never ended up doing anything within it but I got like little newsletters and a membership card and stuff but um yeah no I was so into it my actually my favorite one was Molly (laughs) yes I got a Molly doll that was one of my most memorable Christmases um we had just moved to the town we live in now and um we were renting a house and it had these huge ceilings they were like 15 foot ceilings and we used to go to christmas tree farms and we always had a real tree definitely not anymore we haven't had a real tree i don't know how long um but when we were growing up my parents like went all out for christmas it's like my mom's always loved christmas so it's really fitting that my dad is santa but we had this huge, it was like a 12 foot Christmas tree and it was flocked. So it had like the white stuff on it to make it look like snow. And it was like, it was so pretty. And that was a year I got my Molly doll and I got the trunk that came with her and I got a bunch of clothes and all this stuff. And like, it was like, it was like, I couldn't even imagine nowadays, like, I haven't gotten a present, a good present in a really long time. Um, (laughs) But like getting something like that for my family, my friends weirdly have become my family and give me great presents. Erica gave me like the best birthday presents ever this year. Um, And Hannah did too. I'm just going to say it because she listens to this in court. um, I love all my friends. Yeah. It was like, I'll never forget that Christmas. It was just like, I don't really, I've never got a lot of stuff for birthdays. I think that's why when friends give me great presents for birthdays that I get so like emotional or nostalgic because birthdays haven't really been a big thing. It's always been Christmas. So those are like the big gifts that I usually remember. Yeah. And also you're a really great gift giver. I know this is not about like, (laughs) let's compliment each other, but like it kind of is. Because you deserve it. Um, Molly does really like thoughtful gifts. And like last year, was it last year already? Um, yeah. For my birthday. It's your birthday again. Huh? It's almost your birthday again. 
I know. Me and Jungkook? Um, anyway, so she gave me this, like, the coolest thing ever. Like, first of all, she believes I'm actually a Slytherin at heart. <laughs> Which, you are. I don't know what that says about me. Like, it doesn't feel like a compliment. If someone's like, you're a Hufflepuff at heart. It's like, oh, they think I'm kind and true and loyal and fair and, you know, comfortable to be around. When somebody says you're a Slytherin at heart, it's like, your heart is black, you're dark, you know. Like, <laughs> um, So that's what she gave me. But, no, she gave me, like, an authentic letter from the head of you know, the house, uh, Snape, as a Slytherin, and it's a very prized possession, and it almost makes me want to <laughs> denounce Ravenclaw as my chosen house. However, I still haven't reconciled yet, and I do think that this is a podcast for the future where we go into, like, all of it. Sorting BTS, talking about the houses they put themselves into, talking about our houses, and talking about, like, characters we feel they correspond to in the story. I think that'd be a fun, like, bonus episode. Anywho, back to the subject at hand. Molly made me this amazing, like, hand, like, scrolled in a <laughs> glass display case letter from Snape himself. It's amazing. And you got a prefix badge, too. Yes, see? So I guess if I get to be a prefect for Slytherin, that helps, right? Yes. <laughs> see, you're you're like the top tier Slytherin. You're not like the bottom of the pack. You're you're that top tier Slytherin that no one ever talks about. Well, I feel like also you put the prefect badge in there as like bait. Like, oh, I'm really Slytherin. It's like, oh, I'll make you prefect. I'm like, power, yes. <laughs> See, there you go. True Slytherin. <laughs> anyway, I'll move on to another question. Um, but that was a fun one. Um, so the sixth question that they asked was, what makes you happy just by hearing it? And this is where lovable little Mochi Jimin kept saying, I love you, like, a million times, which is what he says at the concerts a million times too he's so cute and trying to make everyone say it back to him like even like 10 minutes later Hobie was saying something and he was like you never said it back like Jimma doesn't forget I, I feel like he's one of those people that like holds grudges and he's like you never said I love you back to me and and they're like that was like two years ago yeah it was really cute to hear like what they all were thinking, and it's interesting that RM was saying, like, getting complimented on his looks was something, like, to me, he doesn't seem like a very, like, materialistic person, and, like, I don't know, like, being complimented on his looks doesn't seem like something that he would care about, you know, I feel like that's more like Jungkook, maybe, or Jimin, or even V, but... To hear RM say, like, people, when people compliment him, like, oh, you've lost weight or you look really good, your jaw, your jawline's looking good. And, um, but I think that's more for, like, he did say when they released, like, the little newspaper thing, looking things for Festa, he was saying, like, he's been working out more. Um, so maybe that's something for him, like, just getting recognized for something that he's doing versus, like, it being a compliment on his looks, like, that he's been working. He's been working out and he's been like 
working on his image and people are noticing. And so that's like important for him, for people to notice like his growth and stuff like that. So um, I just thought that was interesting. His answer was very interesting. Yeah, it makes me feel even worse about what I was saying about the choker. <laughs> choker gate. <laughs> choker gate 2019. Um, just because, like, you're right. I always felt like he, I don't want to say I thought he didn't care completely, but I didn't think he cared the same way the other guys did, you know, mm-hmm. with the exception of, like, sugar or something. But um, he just doesn't seem as naturally, like, fashionable slash caring about fashion in the same way but I think it's something that he's exploring more as a means of expression which is why I said it it can feel a little clunky at times like I think he's finding what works for him and Mm -hmm. I think that he doesn't have a certain box I think that he it's not like oh this style is my style and I'm going to stick to it I think he's like figuring out what that is plus he's also casual a lot of times too so I think it's hard when it's like oh I like to look like this but I also like sweatpants like um so I think sometimes that can be like a hard exploration to have but I think what you said, it's true, too. I think maybe he feels maybe a little insecure about it. So whenever he gets compliments, it's like, okay, I'm on a good path or I'm learning this right. or like, I'm growing. And as he said, like learning and growing in all aspects, I think is very important to him. And now it's become the more like surface level stuff. I don't want to say superficial because it has negative connotations, but just more like aesthetics and stuff. And I think right. he's developed his mind and his spirit so much and now he's doing that. Whereas like a lot of people start off with like the outside first, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I thought this was this was a cute question. And yeah, also about grudges. Um, if we look back to Festa from last year, which I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, um, that's when V and Jungkook revealed that Suga had said, I love you to them. And Jimin's like, why didn't you say I love you to me? And so he's still holding on to that from from last year. Oh, little Jimin. He needs, like, a lot of validation, but he's so cute. Well, I will give it to him. I will tell him every day that I love him. Yes. And maybe validation isn't the right thing. Um, Because I think he's, like, fine, you know? But I think he just, like, wants it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he just needs attention. And I definitely, um, you guys know who you are. I have a lot of needy friends that definitely need attention. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I love you all. <laughs> you're good with it. You, you, that's the thing. If you're a needy person, you got to find a person who loves needy people. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I love to love and love to give. So I need those needy friends to come to me and be like, Tell me you love me. Give me presents because I want to do that. And then if I don't have anyone or have an outlet for that, then I like, then I get upset. So I need, I need those needy friends. So if you're in need of a friend and you're needy, just let me know. Molly, you're like the old lady who lived in a shoe. Like (laughs) you're just going to have so many kids. You don't know what to do. I know. I'm on the other end, which is why it's good that, like, I have you as such, like, a close friend, which BFF day was just, like, the other day. Um, I feel like that was, like, right before you went on your, like, social media blackout. (laughs) 
BFF date. All right. See you. I'm not going to talk to anybody for the next like three days. (laughs) I love you all. Bye. Don't talk to me. No. Um, um, but my boyfriend too, he's like very much a natural, like care giving type of person. Very like, that's just his nature. He's takes care. He's very protective and loving and giving. And I'm a person who's more of a taker. (laughs) So it works perfectly. I'm more of a Jimin in this situation, is what I'm saying. And I love attention. I was an only child, so. And I think Jimin is a Slytherin as well, so. <laughs> so the evidence is stacking up. Oh, my gosh. Next question. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, um, we actually haven't answered that ourselves. So what makes you happy just by hearing it? That's a really hard question. I guess, like, hearing that I am needed by people um you know like I'm a giver and and a helper and if I'm not needed like I feel like I don't have a purpose so like honestly when my friends are doing like I love when my friends are happy and like doing really well but like I want to be needed and I'm needy in that way so like when someone comes to me and just like asks me for advice so it's not even like someone telling me something it's like comes to me just to talk to me about something and I feel like I'm needed like that makes me makes me happy you know I don't really know the answer to my question I mean I'm happy hearing BTS <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah I mean I guess like I guess genuine compliments really like help me I'm happy I think it's like even less than that less specific I'm happy hearing people like laugh I'm happy Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's like makes me happy if I can like make someone else like smile or laugh or just like know that they feel better by being around me I think that makes me happy but I'm very much a hermit so uh (laughs) I don't know uh I'm very private but hearing Jen's laugh and when Jimin tells us he loves us Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I love I love you, too. I've always been, like, very expressive about that. I mean, I guess I don't, like, say, well, I guess I do say it with my friends, too. But it just depends on the friend. Like, I don't want to make them uncomfortable. But I I love hearing I love you, too. So I guess I am Jimin. (laughs) I do, too. That's why I need my needy friends, because they need love. And I want to give the love. So I tell them I love them. And then I want them to need me to love them. <laughs> so I guess I'm, I'm part Jimin too, I guess. You know what else makes me happy? When people leave great reviews. No, I'm just kidding. I feel like that's what a YouTuber would say at this point. Like, what makes me happy? leave a five-star review. <laughs> just try to put that in there. Plug, slide that in there. I like it when people subscribe to Audible using my code. No, um, we don't have a code, by the way. Um, at least not yet. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Awkward. Okay, so <laughs> the next question is, what emotion do you often feel these days and why I have so many emotions these days um I'm trying to remember what were what their reactions were to this one I know I feel like it was all like so fresh in my head but I'm starting to already forget I watched it so early this morning I need to rewatch it 
Well, let's talk about ours, and maybe we'll also remember what they were saying. I've just been, like, all over the place. I've mainly just been, like, I don't know, BTS does something to me. (laughs) I cry all the time, but it's mainly, like, happy tears. So, like, my emotions are just all over the place, but mainly I've just been, like, really happy. You know, we talked about in our last episode, um, you know, life after BTS concert and, um, up until like that point, like I was just so happy and excited and, um, in a, like a very loving being able to like be around all my friends and BTS. And I don't, I don't just have like one specific emotion lately. And I think that's good. And like, and I'm glad like BTS brings that, out in me and I used to talk about my feelings a lot and be really open and then this day and you know talking about BTS and um it being their anniversary and what they've meant to me and uh, so I've been talking with a few friends and just like being a little more open and honest about um how much they've helped me and how much like I really was going through when when I found BTS um And I, you know, I used to be very open and honest and be like open with my feelings. And then in my relationship that ended, I couldn't be that person. I had to hide those feelings and um, I had to put down, I had to push down my anger or my happiness or sadness. And I wasn't able to like express myself. And so I feel like I am able to do that now. So when I'm happy, I want to jump around. When I'm sad, I want to cry. When I'm angry, I want to yell. And like, I've been doing that. I've been like expressing my feelings and I don't think we should ever like suppress any emotion that we have. You know, even Erica and I have been through a few things with each other in our friendship, but we've been able to like get past them, but we've been able to express that if we're upset with one another or we're sad or we make each other happy, like we're able to tell each other that. And I think BTS has really helped me to like get back to being that person. Um, and I'm able to be that with all of my friends now. And I think that makes for better relationships. And so I, I guess my emotion is being honest. Um, I guess that can be an emotion and it's just like, accepting whatever emotion comes and not trying to suppress that feeling and to just go with it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's what an answer. Um, I, yeah, like, <laughs> apparently, I'm so eloquent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So what I will say as my answer, which might tie into yours is that um, I feel these days very more, very much more accepting in general, whatever like that means. Like, I think I just in general am a person who's very like resistant, anxious, worried, fighting against my feelings, you know, like my feelings are wrong. And um, I think even since our last episode, um, I just feel like I've come to this place of more like acceptance and peace of just like, I put these like arbitrary standards or rules or like goals or whatever you want to say onto myself. And then they cause like a lot of like turmoil, but 
then I need to realize like it's me doing it to myself. So like I'm the one who sets the rules. I'm the one who can kind of like determine my outlook and stuff. And just really mm-hmm. over the past few days, especially, I have just been like, you know what, Erica, you can go at the pace that you need to go and it's all right. Like you don't have to like push so hard and you can accept. And I, again, I think I'm just like a perfectionist at like heart and I'm kind of like giving that up because like there's no real like for me, there's no real like gratification in that. And so, yeah, I think I'm feeling a lot more just acceptance of like what is who I am. And there's a lot of peace that comes with that rather than like kind of constantly putting these pressures on yourself and that society puts on you to do this and that. So I'm not going to get too much into that, but that's how I'm feeling. And then just to kind of say what you were saying about like the friendship thing and like expressing that too. Yeah. I mean, I think that's healthy. Like you never, you always want to be on the same page with other people, especially people that you're close with, but sometimes you are going to have differences in viewpoint just because you're different people. And I think just being able to be honest and open about that is really the thing that's the most important rather than like necessarily agreeing or, you know, feeling the exact same thing about it. I think if you can feel like you're heard and understood at the end of the day and everything like that, I think that resolves like a lot of issues. And I think those things only really come like those types of like differences in viewpoint when you're really close to someone. And I think that in other Uh friendships, And other things you can kind of glaze over it or be like, okay, whatever, you know, like, or just like, be like, I'm done, (laughs) like, or something. Right. But I think when you really want to work through it, like, it's like, okay, let's see how we get through it. And as you learn more about people and like what their needs are, needy, 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 um, (laughs) you kind of understand, okay, this is just how this person is, or, oh, they need a little bit more of this or whatever. I'm actually talking about me now, (laughs) what you need to do for me. Now that you know my quirks. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm waiting for my list of your demands for when I'm in Korea. So <laughs> So now that we're on the same page, let me send you a page of things that I need. Um so yeah, so that's good. So oh, and I think what BTS, they kind of also didn't really answer this question too, because this is when J Hope said, I think about like the future. And then that's when he was like, you know, he's like, but, and then people are like, oh, what, do you have your kids' names picked out? <laughs> I was like, no, but Molly does, J-Hope. <laughs> but I really don't. Um, so then this next question they went into, I thought was really interesting, which was, how are you different than BTS? And this is kind of like the persona thing, like, what? is different between like the side that you show everybody as a celebrity versus the side that's private. Did anything jump out to you about this section? Yeah, I think um, we were texting about this a little bit about Hobie and for Hobie saying that he's pretty much the same person um, on stage and off stage, which I thought so, but I was just really surprised to hear the other guys really did think that they were a lot different from their like stage personas than, um, than we thought. Cause I feel like we talk about this a lot that they really aren't that different. Um, but then in their eyes, they are 
Yeah, I really like what Sugar had to say about it because it's kind of like what I agree with too is just that, that like I think there's this thing I at least know in the United States it's like be true, be who you are, don't be two faced, da 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 da, and people expect you to be mm-hmm. the exact same in every situation. But something I've understood for a long time is that different people and environments bring out different aspects of who you are. So it's not necessarily being fake. It's just that you know you're just different around other people. And something that Sugar was saying was that like it's okay whether you're a celebrity or not you're going to be different at different times with different people. And that's okay. I think as long as you have like a core value system that you stick with and you're not like super wishy-washy or saying things just that people want to hear, I think that it's okay to be a little bit different and to maybe be more open in some environments where it's more accepting and less so in others. I think with them, they're finding like a greater sense of openness with army. And I think that's why we feel like so connected to them because they've found a space where they feel truly accepted for who they are when they do expose like who they are but just like with anyone there's a level of intimacy and vulnerability that only that people only expose so much and I think that everybody just has a different a different uh let's say amount of that that they share with people and I just think that some people are just more open and some people are less open and like for like if we were to answer this question for us, like how are we different than we are on the podcast, which I think is interesting. I would say that in real life, or I guess this is real life, but not on the podcast, I think I am, if I look at my day-to-day life, I guess I'm sort of quieter and I'm just like boring. <laughs> And, like, when we met people on, um, during the tour, like, that's when I think I really realized, like, how much, like, I don't, I'm, like, a weirdly semi-outgoing but semi-completely hermit type of person. And I was, like, really worried that, <laughs> that when we met people, they'd be, like, oh, because I'd be, like, not, like, super outgoing, you know? And we have time to talk on here, and I feel, like, very comfortable, and I'm really comfortable with you. And obviously I can talk a lot around people that like I'm really like comfortable around, but I can be really quiet too, but not like shy. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know how I, how I'm different I, because I'm becoming more open on here. Um, and I guess that would really be the only thing is like, I'm a lot more open in person and like to like two people and to my friends I talk to, um, than I am on here just because you know, even though it's not like we're broadcasting to like millions of people but it is still kind of like I want to keep some things private and I don't always want to share everything like about Korea um I don't want other people to be disappointed in me so like I didn't share my news right away with the podcast but I did with my friends because you know I know you guys are going to support me no matter what. And um, there's a lot of information like that I withhold on the podcast that like I would normally tell my friends. Um, And I'm a lot more like raunchy in person. So um, (laughs) I like to uh, talk about a lot of, a lot of things. And I try to be a little more professional on here just because we do want to 
have like intelligent conversations and I actually I guess that's how I'm I'm, I'm different with, with you see that's not like being two-faced I'm a little different with you than I am with some of my other friends because like your personality and part of my personality are the same and so like we can have intelligent conversations and um you know you don't always like to hear about some of my things that I think about Hobie, um, but some of my other friends do, even though I have intelligent conversations with them too, I can like, I don't know, sometimes I don't have a filter and I just like say things, um, but I don't want to do that on here just because I don't want to offend anyone and I don't, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this, so. Well, yeah. I will say this, I, and this might be surprising, I think I'm also more succinct on the podcast than in real life, which people are probably like, you're long-winded, so, oh, gosh. But um, I feel like I am I am that. So I think there's that, too. So I'm just thinking about how you say you are with other friends. I think I like to go on these, like, little, like, okay, nothing I'm saying is going to make sense, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, everybody just has different aspects of themselves. Like, I have friends that, like, I can be – cattier with which I try not to be around right. as friends as much because like I don't necessarily like that side of myself and I get really snarky and I can be like really almost like a little bit verging on mean I'm trying to be humorous but like I don't really like that even sharing this is making me uncomfortable oh, <laughs> oh gosh next, next. you should hear some things I say to say in my group chat so don't worry it's all out of love. That's, that's what I, what I say. If I say something really mean, I'm like, you know, I love you. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all out of love. Yeah. Like I am so scared of being misunderstood. Oh my gosh. Like that's like such a big thing. So like, I don't know joke levels. And a lot of times I've like over explained jokes to you and you're like, I got it. Like, it's fine. I did not take it that way. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so the next question they asked is how have you changed since your debut and I wanted us to kind of flip it and obviously talk about what they said too but I wanted us to kind of talk about how we thought we had changed since our debut on the podcast and talk about the other person I think you have definitely become more open um on the podcast and weirdly even though you you're a private person like you've been really open with me I think from the beginning in our friendship um and so there's a lot of things like I've known about you and then I knew about you from the get-go and you didn't really share a lot on the podcast before like you would really try to keep it obviously on topic we usually want to stay on topic but you would just be like, okay, have your notes and like, okay, let's talk about this and this and this and this. Um, and you would have your, your feelings about that, but you wouldn't really share as much like, like personally and you've become a lot more open. And I think that's why a lot of people really like our podcast because we are real people and we're not just talking about like, oh, they're cute. Oh, their hair colors. Oh, this we're not even just talking about like the news topics we're sharing how we feel about it. And especially after our last episode, 
we had people telling us like, thank you for doing this episode because I felt the same way. And if we don't share these things, we don't know that there's other people going through the same thing that we are. Um, and I think that's definitely a positive thing because you have a lot to share and there's a lot that people don't know about you. Um, and I, you know, I totally understand wanting to be private, but it's also really good to share because there could be someone with a similar story or going through the same thing that you are and your story could help them. Um, and I think we've done that and you've definitely um, grown in that aspect, I feel like. And I feel like you're becoming a little more comfortable, like telling people things about you Um and making it feel more like, like you're just talking to me, but we're actually sharing it with other people. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I do feel more open as we've been building more of a community. And yeah, I still have some walls up high, but um, I feel more and more comfortable as we go on this journey. And that's really what it is. I think we, here's a, here's a tangent. Um, but I think we started this podcast wanting to cover like BTS news and just talk about things and like maybe our reactions or commentary. And I think what it ended up becoming, at least, yeah, I think what it ended up becoming is more of like documenting our journey with BTS as this force in our lives for good and for positivity and for healing. And, you know, that's, you know, you can't do that without opening up. And right. like you said, it's our hope that other people find, you know, some solace or some comfort with this as well, especially if you don't have friends to talk about this with who don't really like get being an army, which is like, until you talk to someone who is an army, you're like, okay, now I see that this is a special thing that no one else really gets unless they're in it, you know? Um, to answer the question for you, I think the way that you've changed since we debuted is I think that you're just like, in general, just more passionate. I think from the moment that we met, like we got along really well from the get go and we were very into Harry Potter and everything, but I know that you have had, I think there was like this this sounds so poetic. Okay, let's see where I'm going with this. Um, but I think there, <laughs> there was this like yearning you had for certain things. And I think it's now starting to be fulfilled. Um, I think that like, there's this like, passion that you have, that is really like coming out of you and this enthusiasm that it's not to say that you were ever like an Eeyore type of person, like, Ooh, do, 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 you know, like you never were. But like, I think since starting the podcast, I just really see that and like a greater sense of like confidence and just happiness and just being more like out there, you know what I mean? And um, a greater sense of maybe purpose and, I don't know. It's just been really cool to see. Thank you. That makes me happy. Um, yeah, I, I know we kind of both had that a little bit when we first decided what we wanted to do um, with things that we were passionate about. And, you know, we start with our 
maybe we'll one day release these as a blooper um, on our Patreon, our Harry Potter podcast that we have recorded. <laughs> um, definitely blooper reels, um, all of them. And, you know, we've both become passionate about BTS and we're able to like express that through a creative outlet and with people that share the same feeling as us. And, um, you know, we, we had our own issues with (laughs) what we wanted to do with Harry Potter, but then we found BTS and, I think it gives us both a greater sense of purpose and a drive to do something um, that also like helps people and brings people joy and happiness. And, um, you know, and, and I don't say that lightly, like, Oh, we bring people happiness, but I, I love when people tell us, even if it's just one person that says like, Oh, I loved your episode today or, um, you know, I, I really related to what you said. Because, like, I've been on the other side of that and hearing things that people say and and being able to interact with people in a collective way, something that, like, I love. And to have a some sort of purpose um, with something that I love other than just, like, sitting around and listening to their music and staring at their posters on my walls. Like, I'm doing something productive with it and sharing their message which is about loving and which our world desperately needs and we're able to play a small part in that and um you know even like I said even if we just touch one person's life then my day is made exactly aw and um, just talking about BTS's answers to this question, um, I thought I thought this was maybe my absolute favorite part of the video, if I think about it. Um, I just liked hearing them describe each other and describe how they feel that they changed. And one thing that I saw, thought was interesting, and this kind of stems maybe from the last question, too, um, with Jin was that like RM was like, I totally didn't get Jin in the beginning. And I found that really like surprising um, that those two didn't like really like get each other. But it kind of makes me think about how like in the beginning, I didn't necessarily like feel like I got Jin either. And then once I kind of got to know him better through just like interviews, things like that, just noticing him, knowing more about him, how I grew a much deeper appreciation. And they also said that Jin changed once his hair turned blonde. And I was like, yep, we all know he changed. (laughs) He definitely changed once he went blonde. Um, Yeah, and I, I love that too, because they're such close friends now. And that just shows like, if you're open to someone, then how that relationship can grow, push someone away because they're different or because you don't understand them. If you try to understand them, maybe you will. And then your relationship can grow and become even deeper. And I think they have like this special bond with each other um, because of that. And oh my gosh, this was probably my favorite part too. And when 
Tay was describing Jimin and he like straight up said, he's my best friend. I was just like, I started bawling. I'm like, like, oh. we know everyone calls them soulmates. Like, we know they're such like good friends. But for him to like just come right out and say like, he's my best friend. And I feel like, you know, they're brothers and they are just there for each other and just to know like their special relationship. And then Jimin saying how Hobie is like a mountain for them and how he's always been steady and that he really, this is, this is always really interesting because like everyone says like he's stayed the same, like he's been their rock. He's been like the steady one to keep them stable since the beginning. And he's still that way. And um, I think it's really, really interesting how, how like he's grown, but he's, stayed the same person you know like he's grown in his dancing and his singing and his um his writing and producing skills and like his skills have gotten better but he stayed the same person and like he stayed like true to himself and um you know I feel like Jimin had a lot of like (laughs) growing up to do and he was really young and he was misunderstood and he didn't even know himself and same with Jungkook I think um, Yoongi had said that he said he felt bad for Jungkook because he didn't Jungkook didn't know who he was he was only like 14 15 years old and um, you know that now he knows who he is and he's become more mature and that he's one of like the most like comfortable now and like that he acts like he's like the oldest in the group and that he like you know he's grown so much and um, I love to see what they think about each other too it just um it makes me happy to hear how much they love each other and um that they do notice these things about each other and that they're not just like going through the motions of like being a group and um that they notice like the subtleties and in each other and mood changes and how that how that they've grown and um just makes me love them even more which I did not think was possible yeah, every day, right? Um, no, I I agree with you in the observations that you made. And I also thought it was interesting, like, uh, for a couple of the other members, which, first of all, let me just say the Jim and V moment, I was thinking of that, too. And that just made me so happy with my heart when they said that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're my best friend. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so, okay, so the moment that Jungkook described RM, I thought was very. Oh my god, I lost it. When he was like, I, oh I know, and he's like, I joined this company because of you, and it kind of just goes into what we were saying about like him being like that introductory person, him really being what brings a lot of people, at least internationally, I think, into BTS, and being like just that figure. And there's so much, you know, RM DNA all over the group. And mm-hmm. J- uh, not Jim, um, Jungkook talking about how, like, you know, he carries that weight of being the leader on his shoulders very heavily. It's so important to him and they could feel it. And it caused like not maybe caused tension, but like maybe he wasn't ever able to relax while the others could be themselves or, you know, just be free. He had that weight. But in turn, that made him maybe clam up or not be as open. 
And maybe for Jungkook as a little brother, it was like kind of like hard for him because he like wanted to be close with RM, wanted he wanted mm-hmm. to emulate him, and then it's like different. But now, you know, and we can all see it that RM just feels like it feels like he's really growing into himself and who he actually is, as opposed to like being this thing. And I feel like they were kind of saying the same thing about Sugar as well, how he has like really opened up more and like he just ha- carries a different energy about himself. And I think we all, especially this year and in <laughs> this comeback, can see it. <laughs> um even in this festa versus the last one, he just was like very like shut down and closed off in the last one, you know, and part of that can be moodiness too. You know, maybe you're not hungry. Maybe you're just tired, whatever. It doesn't matter. But um, he was talking the most. (laughs) He was. And I, I love when he does that. And it's like, he was this, I know he's talked about it before. Like he was trying to kind of be someone that he wasn't in the past. And um, in the first like couple of run BTS seasons, you can see like he, he actually has like a lot of energy, but he's also like real moody and um, real serious about stuff. But like, he's very like energetic about it. And then you get into these seasons where he just is like, whatever like he doesn't care and then in the last like couple of seasons it's like okay I'm gonna be like a happy medium of all of this like I'm just gonna do whatever I feel and I think um they're all kind of coming into their own now I think I'm sure they had tons of pressure of like oh you have to be this you have to be this and when Jen was talking about like they had a certain image that he had to be a certain way when they first mm-hmm. debuted and then like after the fire era, I think big hit finally is like, okay, you know what? You guys just be yourselves. And that's when people started taking notice of them being like, Oh my gosh, like these guys are incredible because they can, they are themselves. They're these funny, crazy, zany people um, who are insanely talented. And we get to see like the real sides of them. And, and they're all kind of able to relax a little bit more now, even though there is like pressure of being better and better because they're becoming bigger and bigger, they can still be themselves and be a little more comfortable. Um, um, I was going to say, yeah, Jen's talking really like kind of got to me and, you know, Jen more than any of them probably reminds me of someone like that. I went to, not some one in particular, but like some of the people I went to high school with, he like gives me real, he gives me vibes of those people. Like I, I feel like I could see him in my classes, you know? And, um, actually it reminds me of a guy, <laughs> of a guy, um, in seventh grade who was pretty nerdy. He, um, had this rolly backpack and I, I <laughs> love this little nerd and I would like chase after him. And I was like, I'm not going to say his name just in case, but I would just be like, uh, we'll just say Jen. I'd be like, Jen, Jen, <laughs> come hang out, Jen. Um, and so I was talking to a friend of mine who is who I went to middle school with and we were talking about BTS and I was like, Jin reminds me of this guy. And she's like, I can see it. Um, anyway, so I think he's the most natural, like nerdy of them. I think they're all a little bit geeky. I think they're all a little bit weird and quirky, but I think he's mo- the most outwardly like 
an actual like nerd. Like if he wasn't in BTS, I feel like he, you know, I know he was going to school to be an actor, but I really feel like he'd be like, you know, a professional gamer. (laughs) Yeah. Like something like that. Like he'd be a gamer or in the United States, he would probably, even though in Korea, he's like, Oh, I wasn't that great of a student in Korea in the United States. He'd probably be like in AP classes and stuff. Right. And going to like Stanford and things like that. So I just feel like I see that for him and he doesn't have like that cool factor naturally the way the other guys kind of do. And so I can see how like Big Hit was like, well, you have the look, you have the voice, but let's just make you quiet because, you know, if you start talking too much, people are going to see that you are a nerd, you know, (laughs) and um, that it can be like really disheartening and like make you insecure like oh my personality isn't cool enough I mean anybody who's been nerdy in school growing up knows that like you know when you're nerdy you're geeking out about things that aren't like usual oh like I don't know BTS a Korean boy band um or Harry Potter <laughs> a wizard um when you <laughs> when you geek out about that stuff and people aren't into it like the general public isn't then you can get made fun of and it's a vulnerability thing or you just feel weird or you don't fit in or whatever. So it's hard to be in this group and just from the get-go be told like, oh, you already don't fit in here. Like you, so you're not a, a natural dancer and da 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 don't be yourself is basically what they were being told for a while, especially Jin. So I think that's a really hard place to be. And it's really good that they've gotten to a place where it's like, you know what? That doesn't matter. We all need to be ourselves. We all need to love ourselves. And we can see how they've flourished since believing in the message that they're giving all of us. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a reflection. It's something that's happening with them. We are on this journey with them. But we're also seeing them blossom. And it's really good to see someone like Jen. I do think he's still probably maybe the most private of them and he hides behind things like the roses and like the worldwide handsome. We never really get to know exactly what he's thinking, but I do think we kind of get more of the gist of him. And also this is a little bit of a side note, but when they did the um, thing in Wembley, the young forever um, song and they showed all of them, it was like the first time I'd seen Jen just like, kind of with his guard down like when they just Mm -hmm. panned by him and he wasn't like making a face or kissing or trying to do a smolder look or whatever he was just like looking and I was like I don't think I've ever seen Jin look like that before just kind of like amazed just like there you know like truly like just present 100% not trying to to be anything you know the other person I wanted to talk about in this was V and um I think it was Jen was talking about V and he said the same thing that RM felt about me I felt about V (laughs) where I couldn't connect with him and I didn't understand him at all and um he said that V has changed in the sense that he and V even said this himself too that he thinks less about his own happiness and more about the happiness of the group. And apparently Mm -hmm. there were things at the beginning of BTS that he would do that were, I guess, problematic in a group setting (laughs) 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 is what I got. And he, this is where I feel like I kind of relate to V, which is, Oh, shocker. My new bias. Right. Um, But 
I feel like I can relate to that because I get really weird in groups as <laughs> I feel like, you know, this too, Molly. <laughs> and when they said that, <laughs> when Jen said, he's like, V would do, like, I would tell him something that I didn't like. And then V would do it purposely, like over and over again. Cause you know, they didn't get each other. I was like, Hmm, I feel like I can kind of relate to that. <laughs> and like, I feel like I also related to him being like, you know, I was looking out for my happiness in the past when I've done like group things before, I feel like that's been me. And I ultimately end up deciding like, okay, this is not for me, or I'm going to just kind of like leave or not do it, you know, and whatever. Like I remember, okay, tangent again, but I remember being a Girl Scout and like, then we weren't doing things fast enough. So I like left. <laughs> I was like, I sold the most cookies the most calendars but I was like this is boring we're not doing anything and then I left and then like the next week they went on like a field trip but (laughs) anyway I kind of am a lone wolf in that sense and I think that I can relate to V in that sense I think that's his natural setting and as he's been in the group he's realized like their happiness is his happiness now and I feel like BTS is sort of teaching me that as well and like being an army is teaching that to me as well but I definitely related to that moment and I thought it was kind of funny I thought it was funny too I, th- I liked he was like he was weird <laughs> <laughs> like he was weird and I mean and they were kids and that's like what we got to remember like they've literally like grown up in the public eye and he was just like this weird kid and I can see Like, he reminds me, like, he would be that weird, awkward kid in school that nobody, like, talked to and then would, like, be by himself and, like, make weird noises or, like, do weird things, you know? And (laughs) then, like, he grows up to be, like, a model or something. Like, that's V. Um, But I feel like they've taught him to be that person like he if he wouldn't have joined bts like he could have grown up to be that loner and to be somebody completely different than he is now but because of i feel the like role you're he saying had. he could have grown up to be me but thank goodness <laughs> for BTS. <laughs> yes he could have grown up to be you but no i'm just kidding um <laughs> but he like he had to grow up in this group setting and when you're in a group like you can't just think about yourself or rely on yourself or you're never going to succeed and I think that's one reason that BTS is so successful and I feel like in a lot of other groups um weirdly the Jonas Brothers they just put out a new CD and I was CD, mm-hmm. a new album um and I was reading an article about one of their interviews and they're talking they literally all got selfish they're and they're actual brothers and they still get jealous (laughs) um you know like two of the brothers thought one brother was holding them back and so Mm -hmm. they actually went off and did performances of their band songs without one of the members and it's like they got you know they got greedy they got and then when Nick left to do to go solo he um he said Joe actually told him like you got one taste of solo fame and you're leaving us he's like you're greedy and 
we're done. And so they, you know, they were done and they're actual blood related and they were popular and people loved them. And like, I, I really liked them. And thankfully they were like able to work through that. But like, there's a lot of bands and groups that don't last because they get a taste of that, like solo fame, or they only think about themselves and BTS has been able to do solo things. And, you know, three of their members have their own mixtapes and they support each other and they love each other and they're able to like grow as a group and think about each other and not just themselves. And that's definitely rare these days. People thinking of someone else other than themselves. So I'm really glad that V was able to be a part of that because he's, I feel like he's such a great addition to BTS and we've, you know, talk about they wouldn't be the same if one member was different. Um, and I'm just glad he was able to have them around him and to grow into someone who still, you know, cares about himself and loves himself and is interested in growing, but who also cares about the happiness of everyone around him. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with you. If you guys haven't, you guys should check out on Amazon Prime. There's a documentary called Chasing Happiness with the Jonas Brothers. And I actually watched it the other day. And I was tempted to comment on it on my BTS Twitter. But I'm trying to keep it just BTS. Um, <laughs> but I was really tempted because, like, you know, there's boy band themes. And um, everything that Molly was saying was kind of, like, covered in that. And it was crazy to think about, like, how actually how a lot of what they did kind of mirrored in uh, sync mm. <laughs> bringing them back up it's been a while um in sync but like Justin Timberlake kind of just went off on his own too and just like the hurt that comes with that and how like you really are moving as a collective and there are so many things that like I think that BTS has gotten right and one of those things is allowing the members to be themselves to explore their own musical tastes outside of the group and to have avenues for releasing those those things inside of them as well as making sure they're all on the same page and putting the group first and I also think that's something that's different than like other groups here is that they when they went through their training process I think it really is like a weeding out process and also saying can we really work together do we really care about each other can is this going to last and I think you're right if one person wasn't there I don't they would not be BTS and I don't think that they'd still be together or as successful like it's just the right ingredients together that have made them you know who they are and um I just, I just love them so much. So um, the next question was, um, oh, kind of a, and we can skip our own answers to this. It was kind of like a throwaway question to me, S somewhat and somewhat not. But it was describe yourself in five syllables. <laughs> so my favorite part was when V said he didn't have an answer yet, and Yungi says that's not five syllables. <laughs> They're silly. Pretty life. Um, so I'm just going to go to the next question, actually. But that was cute. Um, and it was, and it's, what does BTS mean to you? That was a good question for them. Um, yeah. 
the the next question was pick an adjective for BTS and they didn't really want to pick anything. She goes like, then everybody's going to always like associate that with us. Yeah. I got it mixed up. <laughs> but the one where, what does BTS mean to you? I think that's when V was saying that like, he feels like it's a, a once in a lifetime opportunity from God. Yes. And I know that other members were kind of making fun of him for it, but like, I totally kind of got that. Like, you know, everybody's spirituality is their own. And, you know, they were kind of, I, I can't speak to like spirituality in Korea and like what the general belief system is and individuals and stuff. Cause I think they all were like, wait, you don't have religion. So how do you believe in that? But I know that it's kind of a common saying here to be like, I may not be religious, but I'm spiritual. And so right. there are people um, who believe in God or whatever their higher power is without necessarily believing in organized structured things. And I think that's definitely a V thing um, or he subscribes to that as well. And um, I thought they did have some fun, light, hard moments when he was like, I'll ask like angels to like help me in like rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> and they made some funny jokes about how angels were whispering into his ears being like scissors and like how like the devil on the other shoulder is like rock <laughs> and like they were th that was pretty funny but um they were saying and rm said like an angel must have whispered into v's ear join bts yeah. <laughs> but you know jokes aside i totally like agree with that i feel like it definitely is like this is bigger than them it's bigger than you know something that you can really create in a lab people are going to try to imitate this like forever and they're going to try to do this what they're doing but you can't you can't replicate it and i truly believe that they were meant to do exactly what they're doing and the way that they're doing it and to have this connection with us and to be so healing and the thing is, is they want that too they want to be healers just like you said molly that as a friend you want to be needed i think they want to be needed in this grand big scale and that's important to them and that's why they get so much of their energy and you know reinvigoration and whatever from army is because that's the purpose that they're here to fulfill and um it's not without sacrifice but it is an opportunity they're seeing and doing things that like no one else is getting to do that maybe no one else will ever do and um i do think that that is a special like opportunity and i also think just being a fan of them and being kind of chosen i feel to be a fan and to walk this like path with them as weird as it is it's not like right by their sides obviously in terms of proximity and location but like to help support them in their path and their purpose too gives me a sense of purpose and happiness and hope as well. And I feel lucky to be a fan of theirs, you know? I I agree. I was um, talking to a friend today um, about it. And I was, I was saying, you know, just sharing a little bit more. And, um, you know, I, I'm more open to now on the podcast, but I hadn't um, gotten into a lot of details about things. And I was telling my friend that, you know, we, we all talk about how BTS found us. And she was like, she was like, yeah, you know, I was going through something similar and like they found you, me and Erica at the same time, but it's like, it wasn't just the three of us. It's like literally every single person I talk to has a story has, and, and it's funny because 
we're not all just like miserable people. And like, we're not all just like, it's not armies just like, oh, we were all depressed and then our entire lives and then we found BTS. It's like, no, we are actually have had pretty good lives for the most part. And then it just, it's like at this specific time is when BTS found us. And so many people have similar stories. And it's not just like a, a couple of people. It's almost every single army has a story about how BTS found them at a specific time in their life when they needed them. And a lot of those people I know personally now, and I know they have had happy times in their lives. And it just so happens that they found BTS at this one time in their life when they needed this positive influence. And you know, that that's not a coincidence. That's something that is can never I don't know. It's it's really hard to explain unless it's happened to you, unless you're in that situation. And to me, that's like any kind of religion and like spirituality. Like it's always been really hard for me to explain certain parts of my spirituality because I've had certain experiences. Um And it's only easy to talk to with someone who's had those same experiences. And that's the same with this. And so I feel like that's why it's kind of um, on another level is that unless you've experienced it, you're not really going to understand it. And it's. (laughs) I'm like over here crying because, (laughs) um, you know, when I was at the concert, especially the first one, I was sitting there and I was like looking around and I was overcome. This is after Dionysus. <laughs> <laughs> but I was overcome with like tears and emotion and it was really getting to me. I think it was during Make It Right because like I just had this overwhelming feeling that like BTS was like this gift that God had given me after my mom had died, you know, and I just felt like it's so grateful and everything. And, um, so you just saying that like, just brings like a lot of like feelings up because, you know, again, I have been happy before, you know, I, like, I wasn't like all miserable before my whole entire (laughs) life or anything like that, (laughs) but there's just something about them that like gets you back and maybe even better in some in some respects not completely you know it doesn't replace anything or whatever that's not what I'm saying but it gets you like back on track and it's just again it's a gift of healing I think that's just like what their that's their gift and that's their purpose and they do it in this way that's unsuspecting (laughs) you know (laughs) you think you're just listening to mic drop you know and you go (laughs) realize your life is going to be changed you know and that it's going to open up so many other things and everything and so they really truly are such a you know beautiful beautiful gift and um I just you know and it's not just like with my mom that's a whole other portion and they're helping me to move through like my grief and to just cope with this time for sure but even before that I was going through a lot of things in my life dissatisfaction and all these things and so many things 
I don't know. Again, they just give me a sense of hope that I think I had maybe lost a bit and a sense of like passion and enthusiasm that sometimes I think can get stomped down by the world and being an Mm -hmm. adult and handling taxes and bills (laughs) and (laughs) all the things that you have to deal with and you start to forget when you're just trying to like keep afloat and just be responsible and just almost you're just getting through life and I think BTS kind of reminds you to like live life and um and it's that's a precious precious gift and um that's why I just feel so connected and thankful for them and hey, BTS, if you're listening, this is the podcast to listen to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, you're you're right. It it that's the thing. Like I found them, and I I hadn't been like super open about like my breakup and everything. And like we had actually broken up. It's been a year now, but we had actually broken up like months before. Um, I found BTS and during that time was a really hard time and I was depressed and all these things. And, um, but there were things like throughout that relationship that had changed in me. I wasn't the person that I knew I should be, could be wanted to be. And as I was saying earlier, like feelings, I would suppress emotions and feelings and, um, instead of expressing them and, um, So not only did they come to me or did I find them when I was going through a difficult time, they've taught me, like you were saying, to get back to certain things and and to like find passion in things again. And I'm writing again and I'm literally moving across the world because of them. It's, It's something I've always wanted to do. And because of them, I've met the people. That's that's also another reason why I, I feel V on the whole, like once in a lifetime opportunity from God or chance from God, because without all of these cards laying out the exact way, I wouldn't be going to Korea. And just my story of the people that I've met and how I've met them and of getting to Korea is you know, is it, so crazy. And it's like, it really is. It's like a story you hear people tell and you're like, oh, there's no way. Like, there's no way. And it's happening to me. And I never thought that that could happen to me and that I would be the person to be able to have this kind of story. And BTS has helped me to embrace that and to be excited about that and to become the person that I've always wanted to be and to get back to, you know, trying to be that person and chase being happy. And instead of settling for things, they don't settle for anything. And they, they've just made my life much more fulfilling and richer by everything they've brought into my life. And it's not just them it's the relationships and the people and things like the podcast and um all sorts of different things that 
they have made possible in my life. And I'm just, I'm so grateful and thankful and I love you, BTS. I love you. <laughs> like Jimin was saying. I love you, Jimin. Jimin, oh. I love you. I will tell you that every day. Yeah. I love them so much. And, um, you know, yeah, and it's just not, it's not the same way you're like, oh, I love this TV show. It's like, no, I love them. Like, I mm-hmm. love them. Um, So that goes into actually um number 13, because I'm skipping number 12, which was pick an adjective. We already talked about that. So 13 was, what about ARMY makes you happy? And yeah, I wanted us to talk about ARMY too. So their their answer for this, by the way, was that they really enjoyed seeing army when they like performed and seeing that they could make them happy like if they came to the concert with a frown and by the end they're you know you know smiling that they're singing back to them they love that they love armies being expressive so yay for us americans like i said being (laughs) completely wild as well they like that um and just knowing that we you know they mean something to us. I don't know. Army has a different meaning. I think when you're you're part of it, and to me, it's like becoming a family. And you you don't meet a stranger. I feel like you see someone with BTS merch, or um, you're at a concert or something and it's like you you're all there collectively loving the the same people and you find out all of these things you have in common with so many different people and it really is just such a small world um funny story um my friend that lives in Pennsylvania who I met through the podcast and we were able to meet in New York and she's one of my closest friends um she went to a bookstore the other day and she took a picture of she was looking for some BTS albums and there was school love affair was the only one there was only one copy and it was put up on a shelf with the Beatles um like Bob Marley um there were, I don't know, there were like a whole bunch of different, um, like older albums with it. And then there was like school love affair. And then my other friend saw a very similar picture on Twitter from a girl she follows. And she's like, wait a second. She goes to this girl's profile, says this other girl's from Pennsylvania. She was at the same bookstore. She only lives a couple miles from our other friend that lives in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania and she's been like following this girl for a long time they get to talking then she introduces the other two and then they get to talking and like it's just like such a small world and you don't really think about it army it really is just a huge family and it's really fun to like see and meet people and (laughs) realize that we're all in this together and that we all share this weird love for these guys and that we're not alone in our crazy love for them. And it's just fun. It's fun for me to see. Yeah. um, Being 
What about Army Makes Me Happy? I mean, I agree. I think it is like a family. It actually is like, I'm going to say sisterhood, even though it includes brothers too. Um, it's not just about girls, but it, it, it reminds me of being in a sorority. And um, it's just like this thing where like in a sorority, you are a part of collective and you may have your subgroups and your, you know, groups of closer friends and whatever in it. But at the end of the day, you all are a part of this same group that carries the same like code, creed, ethics, that you do these things together, that you enjoy the same things. And like, there's just like this, like, Another way of saying it is, like, we're our own country where, you know, Kim Namjoon is president, you know. Um, we <laughs> are our own society. And in it, there are norms and there are there's a culture. And I love being about, a, you know, a part of the Army culture. And you're right. You just kind of, like, feel like home. And what I love is that being ARMY has made being a BTS fan just that much more fun. It's not like you're on an island by yourself just enjoying them, which I was before, you know, I happened to bring them up to you, um, or YouTube did anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, I need to hide this. And you're like, wait, what is this? <laughs> so I was just like, you know, a casual fan on my own, but that was it. And ARMY's really leveled this up for me um, and really made the experience that much better. Like, I just love, like, if I'm, I know I can find someone who thinks the same as me. And, you know, you're having all these reactions if you're watching their, like, videos or something new or an interview. And then I can go on Twitter and someone has already said it and said it, like, <laughs> really funny. And you're like, thank you. Someone said the exact thing that I'm thinking right now. Or, like, other people get it. They get it. They get what I'm saying. And everyone on Twitter is, like, so excited. And just a note about Twitter. Like, I have my own, like, personal Twitter. But I haven't, like, updated in, like, years. And so I wasn't really on Twitter. And I wasn't going to join fan Twitter or whatever. But then somehow I did. And I'm so <laughs> glad. And I'm so glad that I did. Because, like, I having just a BTS, a Twitter dedicated to BTS is so much fun. And... I didn't know that people did this, that they had Twitters just dedicated to one thing and discussing it. But that's just like what ARMY is. Like, it's so prevalent that people just have just BTS things. And I love it because all I want to see on my timeline is BTS stuff. And I know <laughs> I could just go there and see it. And, you know, I'm making friends through that, too. And it's just really fun to connect with people and to just share little funny things and like just make friendships. Like we've said, like through the podcast and through um, other means and like, I don't know, army is just like very important and special. And like you said, it's like hard to talk about it because we're also a part of it. So we're in it, you know, and it's different than like talking about like, Oh, what does BTS mean to us and whatever. But army is a big part of this whole picture too. And just like RM was saying at like their concerts, like the last like New York concert, you are BTS and we are army. And I think that's the truth. It's like all together. We're this big collective energy that is really positive, that shines purple and shines true. And um, it's just made my life so much better. And as much as like on the outside, people might be like not getting it and think like, oh, they're weird the way I thought about Harry Potter. <laughs> um, 
you know, being on the inside is so much better than being on the outside. <laughs> so I love it. So then the last question is, how did we like the Festa attic vi- attic video? <laughs> and I would have to say, um, I really like this video. It's so different than the dinner party, which I also obviously enjoyed. And that's when, again, I became an army. And again, I only realized this in hindsight. I was like journaling in my BTS journal this morning. And (laughs) I was thinking about Festa last year. And this is when all these thoughts came up. So the stuff I was saying to you, Molly, at the beginning of this conversation, that's the only stuff I realized in hindsight. Obviously, I was not like willing to commit to a bias right away and even when we started the podcast it's like I don't know and you're like it's sugar you always talk about him <laughs> and I was like I don't know but now in hindsight I see like that was like the moment that kind of probably really like started it for me and also that's the moment that I think I started being born as an army and not just like a fan of theirs because I was a fan you know for a while but that's mm-hmm. when I was like oh I care on a different level now like this is like really opening me up to them as people and it's so weird to think about because right now like now who they are is just like so natural and so there and prevalent but to think that there was a time that I didn't know I couldn't tell some of them apart oh my gosh and like to think that there was a time when like I didn't know like anything about them and that I didn't care. Like, that's just so weird to me because they're so important now. And who they are is so huge, you know? To think there was a time that I didn't know how long Jimin's pinky finger was. Oh, my gosh. Just in case you guys don't know. So there are these, like, images released. You can go on Twitter to find them. Um, <laughs> one of the places, anyway. Um, Facebook as well. You can go online and you can find these things and there's these profiles and like these things that they wrote for Festa. And it's almost kind of like them individually answering questions that are of a similar nature to like all these like Festa questions that we just asked. And they're things like, how do you hope to grow? What has changed? What are your goals? And things like that. And that's where it's on that where we found out about his pinky or that like Jungkook has two laundry machines. (laughs) Not one, but two. We knew he loved laundry, but we didn't know he loved it like that. (laughs) And just, like, so much stuff. But, like, yeah, the fact that we know all these things about them and, like, that I didn't care. And that, like, when you're – before you become ARMY, you don't really care. And, like, that's just not a thing – to me, that's not really a thing that you associate with music artists. Like, there's a very clear line. And some people do share more. Like, again, someone like Taylor Swift is like, oh, you know, my songs are my diary. And she very much, like, is – kind of open with her fans and stuff and she has a quirky personality that people feel like they get and everything like that and I feel like Kelly Clarkson is kind of like that too but for the most part you know they make music they maybe are fun in interviews or whatever but there's like really a big wall you don't really feel like you know them you know but with BTS so much of the enjoyment of being a fan of theirs is enjoying who they are and who the people Mm -hmm. are behind the music and you feel it even more, you know? Yep. So this was a long one, (laughs) but you know, I twice as long as the video that we're talking about. (laughs) Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Well, you know, 
uh, I don't know what to say. I'm so eloquent. Um, the funny thing is Erica calls me or texts me and says, hey, can you um, take a quick call? <laughs> Three hours later. <laughs> yeah, like I thought I seriously, we always do this. I thought it was going to be like, oh, 30 minutes, maybe, you know, <laughs> right. and we'd go through the questions, but. Congratulations for longer than the festive video we're talking about. So, but that being said, I do think it was kind of fun to like revisit this and like hopefully this, you know, maybe this will be like a tradition that we do each year as they do it as well, just to see how like we've grown and everything um, and to see, you know, what comes in the future and what thing, you know, next year this time you're likely to be in Korea, you know. Yeah. So like it's hard to believe. So that'll be fun. <sighs> but I think I'm done. I think we've shared a lot. <laughs> yes. I think we have Yeah. Okay, so one moment that I wanted to mention that we forgot about was like the part where V was like, hey, I was playing a video game one time and I went and there was like a chat in it and someone goes, hey, do you guys like BTS? And V was like, I said, me, 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 me. And then he said he was talking to a person whose like username was soup, like ultra sugar fan. So he was like to them, I hate V. What do you think? And the fan was like, they're all precious to me. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. But it's so funny that V would say that because like ARMY in general don't think that way. ARMY right. don't think like, oh, I just like these members or I hate this one member. Like that's not ARMY like at all. So it's like you're already going to we know how to spot BTS if we're ever in a public thing. If they're like, I hate this person or whatever. It's like, oh, well, that's BTS because no one else in <laughs> ARMY is going to say that. <laughs> Right? He was like, oh, you like Yoongi? And they're like, yeah. And he said, oh, well, I, I don't like V very much. And it's like, okay, yeah, ARMY's not going to say they don't like any of the members. Like, I'm I'm trying to imagine what I would have said in that situation. I would have been like, oh my gosh, I love V. Be like, he's not my bias, but I love this, this, and this about him. Like, I would hope that's what I would say. I probably just stopped talking to the person. <laughs> If they said they hated V, I'd be like, well, bye. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hate this bye that you're about to get. Um, <laughs> so that's how I feel. Because I know that there's something, like, ARMY is very OT7, you know, which is, like, all about, like, just every member having a, you know, thing. And that's why people call it a bias and not just, like, a favorite or, like, the only one. And in sync, right. I feel like there are some people who liked just Justin and JC, and they really could throw the others in the trash, you know? And <laughs> that sounds so harsh, but it's true. And that's not how it is with BTS. And honestly, I don't even have, like, a least favorite. I was saying I have, like, a seventh favorite. And even then, it's not really ranked, you know? Like, I just love them all. So, like, yes, I tend to lean towards towards Suga, but honestly, I love them all so much. Hobie... <laughs> Yeah, I I love them all equally. Hobie is like on a I love him in a different way. <laughs> you love them all equally. You lust <laughs> them all in 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 different ways. <laughs> yes, that's a good accurate representation. 
even though like my Twitter is, you know, Hobie's forehead, um, I love all of them and I tweet and retweet things about all of them and I love them all. And yeah, I don't, I just, I think that's really funny too, that V would say that. And I could see him and Jimin both being that way. Jimin being like, oh, Jimin sucks. <laughs> and then yeah. the person would be like, I'd be like, all right, bye. Like, I, I would be like that, too. I wouldn't even talk to them. I would would not engage. Like, Jimin, oh, that was another thing. And I just thought I was saying that. Jimin saying that any any of his friends or any people that he talked to that would, like, talk bad about the band, he just cuts them out of their life. I'm like, everyone else needs to be like Jimin cut out the negativity. Yes. And like the thing about the internet too, especially, I know you can't necessarily do that the easiest in real life. Although, you know, in your spare time and if you have a choice, you should definitely do that. But like, especially online, you can cultivate what you watch, what you see, what you take in. And um, I was watching Teen Mom OG, which if anyone watches, (laughs) hey, (laughs) Um, but I was watching Teen Mom OG and one of the main characters, Amber, was like, she's like, I've been having mental breakdowns because of the things that people tell me on social media. But finally, I'm just like, if they start off saying something negative, then I just block them. And I'm like, why didn't you do that before? Like, you don't have to listen or take that. And I think some people are like, well, I want, you know, to let people, you know, I want to be open to criticism or whatever, but no, you don't have to be. And honestly, when Jimin said that, I was like, who of his friends or in his life is criticizing BTS? Like, sorry, but yeah, you would get to, you'd get that scissors from the angel of V as in being Uh cut out of my life. Um, and I mean, again, I'm not going to cut you out of my real life if you don't like BTS, but I also just like, I talk to you about with people who love it because I probably would get offended if somebody doesn't share the same opinion as me, which is totally fine. Um, but I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my positive place. And I keep my timeline like that too. It's like, I don't want any negativity on it. Not even negativity within the fandom or anything either it's like I want to talk about what they're doing the great stuff and like leave it at that I don't have room for drama um oh the other thing we wanted to uh I wanted to mention was about Hogwarts yeah I don't know why we forgot to forgot about this so RM was saying that fans had started calling him Hermione and I was like wait what why would people, why were people calling you Hermione? And it just was, it was just another like solidification of my two favorite things coming together. And I can, I can see him being like a Hermione. He's very studious and he, he's such a good friend and loyal. And I could see him being like a know-it-all in school, like her and like, uh, like studying over like vacation and breaks and, doing all the homework and all of that stuff and coming up with like study schedules. I can see him totally being Hermione. Yeah. They were saying that about like how all of them didn't really like studying in school except for RM, which I found really interesting because I feel like all of them would have done really well in school, at least here in the United States, which I know is very different than Korea. The standards, the amount of time that people are in school, what it takes to be an excellent Korean student is probably different than what it takes to be an excellent high school student in the United States, I know. But um 
yeah, when they were like, oh, yeah, I was the person that, like, my parents said, like, oh, if he, stu- you know, he's smart, but he doesn't study, or if he studied, mm-hmm. he'd really, he'd really do it, and I feel like I fall more on that side of the equation, even though I did really well in school, I, um, I didn't spend a ton of time studying. Yeah, I did at times. I was very, I'm, I'm a procrastinator, so I would spend, like, the last, like, day studying, <laughs> the last day or two studying, and, yeah. Yeah, same, so, but, like, yeah, I mean, um, RM does associate with the Ravenclaw house, and as we know, he's very smart and well-read and well-traveled and well-spoken and well-everything, and, um, so I think that makes sense that he'd be Hermione and um, I feel like I'd be the troll at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Although one thing they said that he doesn't do well, which we already knew, but is that he's clumsy and they kept saying it happens, which I feel like is them trying to say, you know, hmm, happens um, in life. And um, they were saying, like, how Arwen was clumsy and how, like, he dropped a Coke. And then they were trying to tell him, like, don't open that Coke. Like, here, get another one. And he would not listen. And then it, like, exploded everywhere. And I thought that story was funny. Because he did it that morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we know he's clumsy. We ha- Like, he has all these stories. And I feel like we haven't seen it as much lately. Um, his his clumsiness. I've been watching um, Bon Voyage season one, and like he loses stuff a lot. Um, but I feel like he's kind of like grown up and matured a little bit. Um, but for them, like to have recently recorded this and then to say like literally this morning he dropped a coke, and then we told him to open a new one, and he wouldn't do it, and the coke went everywhere. It's like <laughs> okay, he just. I think it's hilarious, and it just makes them. I don't know. I love them. I love their quirks. And like, that's, that's the thing about being human, I guess. Um, But everybody has their own quirks. And like, obviously not everybody's going to love it. But the people who love you, love you as you are and love those like weird, strange things about you. And as ARMY, we love that about them. Like, he might be like, oh, I don't want to be clumsy and it sucks. But it just makes him endearing and lovable and everything like that. And relatable. Like, I am kind of a clumsy person, too. I've gotten a lot better. But when I was growing up, I... I growing up no um but I used to run into doorways a lot (laughs) and doorknobs I have fallen upstairs so many times not down up I fall upstairs all the time um it actually at one of the concerts when the concert was starting like I like jumped out of my like seat because Dionysus was coming. I was like the first show, I think, or maybe the second one. I jumped out of my seat and then I didn't realize like the seats were like kind of like those like fold up ones like at the movies that like pop up or whatever. And so then I just like slammed my body back down <laughs> and there was no seat. So I fell down and I was just like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Um, so I'm really like clumsy and stuff too at times and clunky and everything like that. So <laughs> 
<laughs> it just makes it just makes them relatable and it just like when you see their quirks and you love them it just makes you think of yourself differently and you're like okay maybe I should just like accept these things about myself and love myself because like maybe other people don't see them as like these big hindrances or like annoyances the way that you know I do you know mm-hmm. so yay for BTS yay for quirks yay for Hermione <laughs> Okay. And I, was there anything? <laughs> was there anything else? We, no, we need to stop talking. <laughs> and in part three of our eight-hour podcast. Okay. So I think we've overshared, but hopefully you guys have enjoyed. And one thing <laughs> I did want to say before we did end this is that um, I want you guys to feel free to like share your answers to these questions too. I'm going to leave the list of questions in our show notes on our website, btspod.com, by the way. Um, I'll leave the show notes there, the questions in the show notes, and then you guys can like answer which ones ever, whichever ones you like. So if you want to like tweet us, if you want to email us, if you want to send us like 30 pages with each answer you can do that too you know just send it to our email you know um but um yeah have a discussion with us about this too and if anything resonated and we want you to know that these podcasts are like they are conversations they are literal conversations that molly and i have with each other but we're also having it with you so we want you to participate in the ways that you can as well Yes, and these are also, I was just thinking about this, Yungi was talking about how these festive videos are kind of like diaries for them, and these are kind of like diaries for us, too, and we can go back and um, see what we thought about certain things, and hopefully, Hobie will never hear any of our first few, well, our first, like, 20 episodes that um, (laughs) Jungkook was my bye. (laughs) Um, But Yungi was saying, like, how he can go back in a long time from now and watch these and see how things used to be. And I, and I feel like we're, we'll be able to do the same thing. And down the road, we can come back and listen to some of these episodes and especially like these more prominent episodes and see um, what our feelings were at one time. And um, if we still feel the same way and um, just like how we've grown too. So, um, but yeah, we definitely want to hear from you guys tweet us let us know um what your favorite parts of the video were too and yeah yeah so that's it until next time why say no when you can say b t yes yay see you next time bye